Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Oh, should we start this show? Yeah, I'm down. Just buying a car in Carvana first. Ooh, for real? Yeah, it's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do was answer a few questions. Ooh, that's helpful. And now just customizing my down and monthly payments. Ooh, that's a very fair deal. Yep. Boom. Just bought a car. And you get to take me to the Carvana vending machine in a couple days to pick it up. Ooh. I'm kind of busy. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human-moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. This is VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. And we begin the Monday edition of Big Bets here on VSIN. Dave Ross and Amal Shaw back here at the South Point Casino and Hotel in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. Amal, great to have you back. Uh, I want to get to your weekend in one second, but we are going to have Ben Falks join us a little bit later on, our, our VP of digital content. Talk about some of the bigger wagers he saw and what he sees for tonight out there. And, boy, I saw some bad beats and some big losers over the weekend. Of course, I hope everybody else had a better weekend than some that Ben will point out to us. Uh, Also, we're going to get to your college football uh, power rankings, what you saw after the weekend that was in college football, and hold their fire on a Monday, which I think could be very profitable for people to try to figure out where those numbers in college football and pro football are going to go out. But before we get to all that, You, sir, were the shining star over the weekend in the Big Apple, New York City, as you saw Deontay Wilder firsthand look like the old undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. First of all, I know you and Sean Porter uh, did some pay-per-view coverage yeah. for the fight on Saturday. What was the experience like? Oh, it was awesome. Uh, it was really great. I uh, got to work with uh, Kate Abdo, who everybody's seen on Champions League, does a tremendous job. And then, of course, Sean. Sean's a personal friend of mine from out here, also from the Cleveland area. So it was great. I uh, want to thank both of them. They were tremendous in DraftKings as well. But I got to tell you, you mentioned the bronze bomber. Mm. I mean, this thing was quick. I can tell you right now, Dave, I was going from the studio to the suite. <laughs> I missed the knockout because it was one <laughs> round. It was stuck in the elevator. But it, it was impressive. It, it, you know what? That, that knockout was as impressive as, uh, I hate to say this, but Philly's drive against your Cowboys went down by three. You, you know, I tried to, like, 
an olive branch, Kelly. Yeah, no, you know, like yeah. Kelly was in my ear saying we got to switch to the NFL, so I thought I'd make a seamless transition here. <laughs> By the way, it was a quick fight on Saturday night. It reminded me of the Mike Tyson fight against the Michael Spinks back in the day, where a lot of my Marine Corps 91 buddies. seconds, right? There you go. 91 if, or 93. If yeah. you're waiting in line, like some of my buddies were in the Marine Corps to get a beer, and the fight ended, they blamed me that it ended that. Like, I'm not in the well, ring. Yeah, but they, I could tell they didn't know boxing back then. Because yeah. you would never get up before the third round of a Tyson fight. It wasn't going past three. No, plus Michael Spinks that day had knee pads in the ring. That's when I knew it was over before it ever began. Uh, but it's great to have you back. And by the way, I had a good experience over there at UFC Apex uh, as well. And one of their people said, I love big bets. You and them all really do a fine show. So people are listening and watching out there. Thank you. You're welcome. Let's I wasn't to... saying that. I was saying to them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, we got uh, an interesting game tonight, Monday Night Football. Yeah. And, uh, again, we'll, we'll recap a little bit of what we saw and how it's going to uh, maybe uh, portend for the week to come in Week 7 of the NFL. But we wrap up Week 6 tonight in Los Angeles. The Chargers still four-point favorites. I've seen some four-and-a-halves, yeah. four staying right around there. That total hasn't really budged a whole lot at 45-and-a-half here. Look, it's been advantageous. Steve Mackinan, great numbers here as a VEASAN editor. To take the points, uh, certainly this week was a good week to take a lot of the points, not in every game. But what do you make of this one tonight with the number really not moving off of that 4-4.5? I'm a little bit surprised by this only because what has Denver done to give you uh, any kind of confidence in their ability offensively? I know the Chargers sitting at 3-2, and an important game for them, especially with the Chiefs going down right Mm -hmm. now. This kind of opens the door once again. I thought if Kansas City had won that game, it would have been huge for them, big picture in the AFC by the way, I don't know if you guys look today at the odds on the Buffalo Bills to win the Super Bowl or at least win the AFC. They've got to be prohibitive now because mm-hmm. you're looking at Baltimore, who's regressing. My I, goodness. I don't believe in the Colts or the Titans or the Jaguars in the AFC South. And then you look out west. Now Kansas City's got two losses, in essence, which equates to three because for Buffalo's got to lose two more times. I'm not saying that they're going to go 14 and three, but right. do the Chiefs go unblemished the rest of the way, which is probably not likely? No, it, big picture of that game yesterday, which the reason why we spent so much time last week on it. Yeah. Uh, Buffalo, by the way, covering that two and a half uh, on the road with that late touchdown to beat Kansas City in Arrowhead. It, you know, it's so interesting to me, too, the, the preseason prognostications of what we all assumed the AFC would be. And I'm guilty of it in the AFC West as well, which is a big battle tonight. I thought it was the division of death. They're going to beat each other up. The AFC does not look like the juggernaut that we thought it was. Now, they clearly have the best team in all of football right now, and that's the Buffalo Bills. And you can make the case for the second-best team in the Chiefs if you want to make that case. But past that, it's really kind of take your pick, right? Nobody, as you just pointed out, scares you really the rest of the way in the entire conference. Meanwhile, in the NFC, go figure. Like, the Eagles, we didn't see them being a 6-0 and juggernaut. They covered the 6.5 last night, beating the Cowboys by 9. But now, all of a sudden, people are going to go, hey, Eagles, plus 225 to win the conference, get to the Super Bowl. The Eagles. I mean, this is amazing what's happened in six short weeks in the NFL. It really has. And it's funny on the way in here, I was talking to my dad and we were talking about the Rams and what's wrong with the Rams. They look horrific. I mean, they get the win comfortably against the Panthers, but that was a struggle for most of the game. Oh man. And you look at this uh, Buccaneers team, the defense is fine, but again, it's still the offense. That's a problem. Um, I, I don't know. I look around. Do you believe Minnesota at five and one? Here's what's happening with Minnesota at 5-1. And by the way, the Buccaneers still at 3-3 three and three are the second betting favorite to represent the conference in the Super Bowl. Just wrap your head around that for a little bit, okay? The Vikings, to your point, they would be the third best uh, odds right now to go ahead and get to the Super Bowl, not win it. 
And look, it's Bills, Eagles, Chiefs, one, two, three, and the Buccaneers at three and three, still the fourth betting favorite, nine to one, to win the Super Bowl. So your point about Minnesota is is a good one. They're winning one score games. Now the Dolphins got a late one to cosmetically make that a one score game, but it was in fact that's how it's going to play out. And right now Minnesota was losing all those one score games a year ago. So there's that regression and sometimes progression to the mean. And I think Minnesota is getting some of that this year. But look, it is an art. There. Yes, there's a, a bit of luck in winning one-score games, but it also shows that you're in every game in order to be able to win some of those one-score games. So can the Vikings keep this up? Can they start steamrolling some teams? They covered the three-and-a-half yesterday on the road against Miami. I'll tell you this. Kirk, 1 o'clock Kirk strikes again. Like, he's a good play at 1. He's not a good play in prime time. Their only loss for the Vikings was in prime time this year against the Eagles uh, way back when, I believe, week two. Yeah. Week two, so... The Vikings, do I believe in them fully? I think I believe in them more than the Packers because, whoa, what was that yesterday at home in Lambeau against the Jets? Forget that. Let's go back two quarters in London. This team for the last six quarters has really looked sluggish. They got absolutely just dominated by the Jets in the second half of that football game, needed crucial stops, couldn't get it. This defense has played far better than the offense has throughout the year. Uh, they just didn't look uh, particularly strong in this game. So I'm a little bit concerned. For, if you're a Packers fan, I'm sure Brian Ortega had to call out sick today. Probably <laughs> mandatory owners meeting to reevaluate what's going on with Green Bay. Um, you know, to me, Steve Mackinan's probably at that meeting as well. Oh, man. I, I just don't know what this team is. They're 3-3. Three and three, And, you know, the loss of Devontae Adams has been big, but I think it's more than that. There's just something that is missing from the ingredients there on the offensive side of the ball for the Packers. I look at this NFC right now. And I'll tell you what impressed me last night. I didn't see the first half of the game. Mm -hmm. But I saw the drive where Dallas cut it to three. And what impressed me so much was the running. Yes. Oh, yeah. They just said, listen, we're going to beat you running the football. Go ahead and stop it. And then when they hit the play to A.J. Brown, it reminded me of when uh, on Monday Night Football, somebody uh, was trying to get their arm amputated for the Rams. They tried to one-arm Debo Samuel. They, I saw a lot of one-arm tackles on A.J. Brown. That is not going to work. Uh, to your point, by the way, very quickly, the uh, the Packers are laying five next week against the Commanders. We'll play a little holder fire later on uh, and get back to that conversation of where they are. But you're right, the Eagles, th- there's no joke. That's the reason why they are the prohibitive favorite right now to represent the conference in the Super Bowl. Tonight's game could go a long way in determining whether or not we believe the Broncos are, I don't want to say for real, because I don't think even winning tonight in L.A. would say, all right, let's ride. Russell Wilson, he's back. But there's a reason why we're seeing them in prime time a lot. Because, Amal, everybody thought this was going to be the second or at least third best team in the conference, let alone the division. Well, first of all, you have to look back at the coaching hire. Mm-hmm. Nathaniel can't hack it. You bring him in, we're, I, I don't know why all of a sudden. Look, the one thing, and I'll go back to the New England Patriots when they traded Richard Seymour to the Raiders. Yeah. When you draft a player, develop him, he becomes a pro bowler for you, and then you move on from him – Generally, that team has a better idea because they see you every single day in the facility and in practice and on tape. They know what you are or what you're not. And I think that's exactly what the Seattle Seahawks, John Schneider, and Pete Carroll knew about Russell Wilson that myself and obviously yeah. everybody associated with the Denver front, Denver front office didn't realize. They're sending a product that's damaged goods. And you know what? This is all sales or final. Woo. And I'm going to tell you right now, the thing is, when you look at two teams have signed guys to contracts, if you include the coaching staff in the front office for the Cardinals, along with Kyler Murray, there was nothing in that Seahawks game yesterday. By the way, I was one of the five idiots that watched that football game. <laughs> and let me tell you something. That was a horrific football game to watch. It was, it was beautiful. I'd see Adam Moneyline. 
Well, that's fine. From that standpoint, you didn't, have to sweat. you didn't have to worry about it at all. But I'm telling you right now, Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray have been signed to these long-term extensions, and you're sitting there going, we got two options here. You say to the guy, listen, we need you to walk away from the deal. Or when you might be walking around, you might not be walking around much longer. Because you're right, Denver, where do you go? And again, this is a huge game, I think, for, I don't want to say the culture, but Hackett's had 10 days and Russell Wilson. That's a long, it's like a mini buy by playing on Thursday night and that awful, maybe one of the worst primetime games we've seen against the Colts that they figured out a way to lose in overtime. Now you've got 10 days to prepare for this game. If you don't see an improved Bronco offense and to the point where, you know, Russell Wilson looks like they're confident with, they have receivers. You've got to figure out a way to utilize them, Nathaniel Hackett. That's why you were brought in, right? So, to me, I do like the – I'm going to hold my nose and take the four tonight with the Broncos because the 10 days off is big for me. This has got to be a coaching staff now and an offensive unit that's huddled up for 10, for 10 full days and said, all right, boys, we're going to stop wallowing in the mire and looking back. We're looking forward. Let's fix it. And if they don't fix it now, Maul – they got much bigger problems in one game here on a Monday night. I would agree with you, but here's the one thing. As much as I've been critical of Denver, they win this game. They're sitting a game behind the Kansas so City right Chiefs. They've knocked off a division opponent in the Chargers who'd be sitting at 3-3, three and three, and this is a team many people were predicting to win this division. So there's a lot of things still there in front of this team. They Look, they could have beaten and should have beaten Seattle. Yep. Um, they oh, man, they somehow beat the 49ers 11-10. to 10. Lose to the Raiders, no qualms in that one, but they should have beaten the Colts. And by the way, you mentioned that Colts-Broncos game. I'll see your Colts Broncos and raise you one Commanders Bears. Well, uh, by the way, it's like I got a new watch last year and it already doesn't work. That's like the Russell Wilson. Like it looks beautiful. It's not working. Uh, much more to get to when we come back. Hold or fire the NFL edition on a Monday here on Big Bets. It is Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Thank you. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. 
Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. VEASAN Pro subscribers get access to the best betting talent in the game. If you've subscribed, I don't know what you're waiting for. VEASAN is a midseason offer to make you a smarter better. Sign up now for just $99. Get VEASAN Pro access all the way through the Super Bowl. You get everything VEASAN has to offer, including 24-7 live shows and subscriber-only betting guides, the college bowl season, and the Super Bowl, all for less than the normal monthly rate. You're also going to get VEASAN subscriber-only season prep guides to the NHL, NBA, and World Cup. It is literally the best bet in the game. $99 for VEASAN Pro now through the Super Bowl sign-up at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Back alongside Amal Shaw, Dave Ross here. It is the Monday edition of Big Bets. Can't believe the NBA starts tomorrow. Tomorrow. I mean. Well, the AP College Basketball poll just came out today. What? Is Syracuse number one? Uh, by the it, way. Yes. In, in Western New York. <laughs> They'll be number one in the month of November. Because they're not going to leave the state. Maybe not even until January. That's what Jim Bayham does. By the way, I loved how he was talking smack about the Big Ten. I'm like, shouldn't you actually make the tournament? Did Bayham talk it like this, though? Yeah, well, I you know. I have no idea. Big Ten. I love Jimmy B, by the way, but he is like the of Grinch course, that sco- uh, stole basketball. Of he course just you always do. looks like he's just not a happy guy. You know what? You remind me of all those co- – I, I, I got to go off here for a second here. You remind me of all those college fans who have that stupid saying, Kellen, you've read this a million times on social media, I'm glad he's our coach. I'm like, shut the hell up, dude. Your program sucks and you suck. I mean, let's just be real. That's the same thing with Syracuse. You've won one national title. Uh-huh. You've had more – you've had a plethora of first-rounders go through That's there. That's right. And if it wasn't for Jerry McNamara having, McNamara having the best shooting night of his life, Woo! Jim Beheim would be that guy. Best coach without a title. You know what? Just glad he's our coach. <laughs> Tonight. Thank you. The defense rests. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> We've got a game five in Major League Baseball. Uh, ben Fox just walked in the studio. We're going to have Ben on a little bit. He's going to hold his nose and bet the Yankees, even though as a guy that doesn't like the Yankees. I kind of respect that as a Metropolitan fan. Tonight, they're going to lay 145. I'm rooting for rain because I don't want it to go up against Monday Night Football because I'd like to have Tuesday night all to Major League Baseball. That's a story for another day. 145, you want them on the run line, you can get plus 150. Total is seven and a half. Mm-hmm. They survive, uh, what, the rocking of the baby and all that stuff the, the Guardians did yesterday, and it looks like they're going to come back and Garrett Cole. They didn't do it. And now we got a game five. 
What do you make of this one now? Because you would think all the pressure is on the Yankees, but when you are down 2-1 mm-hmm. in Cleveland, maybe they can kind of relax a little bit as they get ready for this game five. I don't, I don't think it's going to be an easy spot. you got Aaron Savali, who's not had a good year for the Guardians going in this one. Um, I believe it's going to be Nestor Cortez for the Yankees mm-hmm. on a shorter rest. But, um, you know, this is all hands on deck, deck yes. except uh, you've got Garrett Cole, obviously, will not pitch in this game. But the big thing for that was uh, last night, uh, I think it was Wandy Peralta, throws an eight or nine pitch, ninth inning, gets yep. out of it fairly quickly, puts himself in a great position. I like the under in this game. Seven and a half. We had one game get to, I think, eight runs in this series. Or, I'm sorry, 11. Uh, six, five, that game where the Guardians come back. But other than that, not a high-scoring series. I expect it to be that way. Listen, this is one of those games where Terry Francona on Savali's first pitch, it's a ball in the, it's a ball high. Hey, get somebody up. I mean, you, it's a bowling you, game. What, the whole season, right? Everything you've done since spring training the first day in February, mm-hmm. it all leads to this. There's no time for anybody. you you, you, you got to either get guys out or you're going to be out. And so... I think there's an immense amount of pressure. I think the one thing that's hurt the Yankees has been their inability to put the ball in play the way Cleveland does. Cleveland puts pressure on your defense. They do. And uh, this can be an interesting game. I think the Guardians are very much alive. I do think, though, Houston's in a great position with their pitching uh, to be able to take out either one of these two teams that advances. I'd say this. Like, if you, again, I know there's been a lot of complaints. That's what Twitter is. It's just a complaint machine about the series and, you know, best of five. It's not a true test because the one-two seeds in the National League are gone. Dodgers, gone. Metropolitans, gone. We got wild card teams. The Phillies and, and the Padres going to duke it out to, for the right to go to the World Series. But in the AL, the team with the most flaws were thought to, out of the power group was supposed to be the Yankees. If they win tonight, you get Yankees and Strohs. And let's be honest, for the majority of the year, they were the best two teams in the American League. So one side looks like it could hold form, and the other side is pure anarchy. As as a guy who just loves baseball, I don't. I'm not even as a Met fan. I'm not like clamoring that you got to make it seven games in the in the DS series. You know, if this is the way we're going to shake it out, three, five, seven, I don't really have a problem with it. It's just the way baseball is. You know, that's one of the things I love about the English Premier League. There is no postseason. So, however you perform the 38 games, that's it at yep. the end of the season. Whereas in baseball, to me, the Dodgers obviously would have been the overall champion. If you, you know, I remember a friend of mine was talking about this. You can go 172 games to get equal division based on, I think it was 172. I don't remember exactly, but where you'd play each team five times uh, across the board. And then that way, you don't need a playoff system. Right, yeah, and, and uh, some, someone LA, like that, I, I think the math I have is a little LA bit wrong. The LA Times, but. by the way, did something like that after the Dodgers got knocked out on the Padres, and I went, oh, boy. Like, we are really trying to, like, we've got to rewrite the rules when the one seed doesn't make it to the seed. Like, come on. Got to get is, the Dodgers in there, Dave. we got to get man. the Dodgers. Well, figure out, switch the rules, Kelly. Turn those <laughs> machines back on. <laughs> First of all, it was a, if you play 174 games, you can play each team 29, uh, six times, all 29 teams, and you could crown a champion. Because baseball, the one problem is, I think the accomplishment of the regular season actually does matter. But it doesn't the way the postseason is structured, unfortunately. But you have to tip your cap to the Padres. Yes. Look, this is a team that struggled <laughs> down the stretch. And here's the problem. And this is why the Dodgers have won one World Series in the last 32 years, right? 88 before the, so the, the 2020. The, the, the Syracuse in Major League Baseball. Yeah, but they actually get there, unlike you guys. And, you know, unfortunately, they don't control scheduling. It's amazing. By the way, you guys should officially be sponsored. When I say you guys, I mean Syracuse should be sponsored by Hostess, Twinkies, Cupcakes, based on that non-conference schedule Jim Beheim has played. Where Michigan State, Tom Mizzle's like, 
well, we tried to schedule the Celtics and the Warriors, but they were unavailable. They had other games going on in their association. Are you saying so that's I guess why we'll play little... Gonzaga, North Carolina, and Duke back to back to back on the road, but we'll be ready by March. Is that why it's seeded Izzo's? <laughs> Those teams are kind of ready to go come March? That's why in a street fight, I'm taking Izzo's team over anybody else's every day of the week. But in, in terms of this Dodgers <laughs> team, they have paralysis by overanalysis with the analytics. Ooh. You got Ty- Tony Gonsolin has a great year. Oh, no, no, we got to pull him out after two innings. Mm. Tyler Anderson. This guy throws 178 innings this year, has a great season, 2.45 ERA. He's thrown 86 pitches through five. Oh, got to get him out. This is why Julio Urias is not an elite pitcher because he's not like Sandy. Alcantara made, I think, 31 starts this year, 15 times seven innings or later. Julio Urias never pitched seven and a third innings this year. Wow. So that would be the postmortem on the Dodgers for everybody out there clamoring they would have switched the rules since San Diego knocked him off. By the way, game one mm-hmm. of the NLCS – Will be tomorrow, and it's like Game of Thrones Battle of the Bastards with the wild card teams out there, seeing if it's going to be Jon Snow uh, coming out of this thing. Padres, small favorites, minus a dollar twenty-five in Game One. They are now the home team, if you will, in this series, this best of seven series. And you see, if you like them on the money line, uh, plus a dollar seventy-five. That total low of six and a half. Can you can you gauge right now, Amal, as we look ahead to the NLCS starting mm-hmm. tomorrow? Which team has more momentum? It's, for me, it's really hard to gauge what we're going to see in game one. Well, it's like the old line, right? Like your momentum is as good as tomorrow's starting pitcher. But to me right now, it's the Padres going to be versus the Houston Astros. Mm. I think it's going to be a fantastic wow. World Series. Uh, San Diego, this is one of the reasons why back in July when they acquired Juan Soto, I took the Padres 11-1 to to hedge my Man, Dodgers play. a difference maker. My goodness. Well, the thing is, those guys can struggle. But you're talking about Manny Machado who was a guy who was the third overall pick out of high school. You're talking about Juan Soto, who's a generational player. You know, if a guy named Nolan Arenado, who's going to go down as probably maybe the second greatest, second or third greatest defensive third baseman of all time, and maybe he powered base, he can hit the baseball. Darvish is pitching well. Musgrove has pitched well. Blake Snell has come around. Mm-hmm. Hater's finding himself. This team is dangerous. You have to give the Padres a ton of credit. They made these acquisitions down the stretch. And I was like, ah, oh, Hater's struggling. Soto's not doing anything. This team's in trouble. It's in trouble. But the one argument I kept on going back to is, you got to win two out of three. They beat Scherzer and DeGrom. You got to win uh, three out of five against the Dodgers. They did it. Now you go, we get Philly. Wheeler's great and can be great. Nola's good, can be effective. And Ranger Suarez, this is what you dream of if you're the Padres. And wow. now you got a four out of seven potentially against the Astros, Yankees, or Guardians. You take your chances every day of the week. Minus $1.20 for the Pods to get to the World Series. That feels like a very playable number. In my estimation here, if you like San Diego. I, listen, it was minus 125 yesterday. I would take this one all day. Uh, I got the Phillies because I needed the hedge. But for me, from a straight-up play, yeah. it's the Padres all day. Yeah, and again, I'm not trying to dump on Dave Roberts. But again, you mentioned Juan Soto. You go back to that seventh inning with the Dodgers had a 3 nothing lead going into it. They, it's 3-2. to two. You've got runners at second and third. Soto's at the dish. And he's got a 2-0 count. Lefty-righty. Everything favoring Soto. And they throw him a meatball. Like, you got to walk him there, and then Machado comes up. By the way, they end up striking out Machado. They got to to two outs with a 3-3. It should have been 3-2. Roberts, you got to be going, man, how do the Dodgers figure out ways to mismanage this team? Well, how about when it's 2-0 to Cronenworth, runners on second and third, and two outs, put him on base. There you go. And and just go with the next A-B. I I just don't understand it. But, you know, look, I'm going to tell you, it's not all on Dave Roberts. Okay. A lot of the Dodgers' decisions are dictated by their front office, Andrew Friedman and his staff. Kind of hands tied. 
100%. And Dave Roberts is a smart guy. He's like, you know what? You can sit there and rain on my parade all day. I'll cash my five, seven, eight million dollars a year I'm making. Thank you. Game five of the ALCS tonight, uh, ALDS tonight, and the NLCS begins tomorrow in earnest. Uh, cannot wait. It's going to be a great Final Four, whoever that Final Four is in the American League. Uh, when we come back, hold or fire NHL edition, uh, NFL edition. Come on back. It's Big Bets on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. This segment of Eastern Big Bets is presented by Zen Nicotine Pouches, the simple way to experience nicotine satisfaction and enjoy lasting change on your terms. Zen Nicotine Pouches are a fresher, simpler way to enjoy nicotine that have helped millions of people achieve lasting change by offering smoke-free and spit-free satisfaction. I don't know about you and all, but there have been times in my life where I needed to make a change. I knew I needed to make a change, but I just wasn't ready quite yet. I'm sure a lot of smokers and dippers out there can relate. Zen understands there isn't one run one time to make a change or the right time. Everyone's timeline is just a little bit different. Everyone is on their own journey. So whenever you feel like you're ready to take that first step towards change, Zen will be there for you with the right strength, the right flavor at the right time. If you're thinking about making a change and want to learn more today, check out Zen Nicotine Patches at Zen.com. That's Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product does contain nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Back alongside Amal Shaw, Dave Ross here. This is Big Bets on a Monday. Ben Falks, our VP of Digital Content, is going to join us in the next segment. Oh, boy. Bad day for the public in the NFL yesterday, especially money line players. We'll get into all that with Ben and what he saw out there across the betting landscape over the weekend. I do want to look ahead in our Monday edition of Hold He's looking at the graph. They need that in Chicago because it snowed this morning. Sorry, Chicago. So let's take a look ahead here to the NFL games and some of the numbers associated on a Monday. Let's start off with not my team, your team, America's team. Cowboys came up short getting the six and a half against Fly Eagles Fly. Now is the return of four. Superdak is back. Amal, are you going to ride Dak Prescott and that Cowboy offense to wake up and put a number and lay one on those pesky lines from Detroit? Isn't Detroit coming off of a bye week? They are. Yeah, I'd take Detroit in the seven here. Um, I think this number will come down a little bit. Also, if you look at Dak Prescott's numbers the last couple of years, what has Dak done to justify you'd be very confident a guy coming off an injury to lay this type of number against an opponent coming off of a bye? Got to have that stricken from the record. I actually agree with everything he just said. I, I just I mean, I think the number's too high. I mean, like, well, to be perfectly, perfectly blunt with you, it's kind of like one of those situations where we're saying, I, I got to like two a tongue of my low. Looks like he's going to be back. We'll get to the Dolphins in a sec. You got to prove it to me that you're healthy and that you're back to being what we thought you were pre-injury. Because it, it's just to say plug and play and everything's now going to click for an offense that struggles to score 20 points. Didn't do it last night. Only got 17 in, in Philly. I mean, I think that's a big ask. I think you're right on. Well, look, I know he had a great quarterback rating last year of 104, but but when you look at it, how does he play in the biggest of games? And I think that's the one area where you look at Dak and you say, well, there's still some concerns and some question marks. And coming off of injury to come in and step into an NFL game, I think that's the biggest thing, Dave. I, look, I'm not saying he's not capable, especially against his Lions defense, which leaves a lot to be desired, to be able to potentially be in a situation where they score points. But – 
you know, Jared Goff has played fairly well he this has. year. Detroit needed to get a little bit healthier. The bye came at a pretty good time for them. Amon Ross St. Brown had been bagged up. DeAndre Swift was banged up. Yep. Like this team. So I, I would have said to uh, take a look at uh, Detroit here plus the seven. I would fire on Detroit, hold on Dallas. I think that's exactly the, the exact way I would handicap that. As a fan, I, I hate everything you said. As a better, I agree 1,000% with what you just said. Colts and Titans, here we go. AFC South, I mean, my goodness, the Colts maybe got over a mini hurdle yesterday by coming back and beating the Jags, a team they really struggle with. Well, if they struggle with the Jags, I don't even know times what against the Titans, a team that just seems to own them. So now Vrabel and company going to lay two and a half in what feels like a big game in a bad division. If you're backing the Titans two and a half on a Monday, hold or fire? Well, I would have taken this in the look-ahead lines on Tennessee, but the reason I didn't was I thought the Colts would beat Jacksonville, and I thought the line would come down, but instead it's gone the other way. And I think based on the performance we saw to Indianapolis yesterday, that's the reason for it. I would tend to fire on the Titans. I still like them under a field goal. I think Colts are going to be very competitive. This is a season-defining game for them. You cannot go 2-0 and I'm sorry, oh and two against Tennessee with a return trip to Jacksonville, right? No, they already lost, they lost. to Jacksonville. Right. They're done with the Jags. They got one division game remaining against Houston. <laughs> I think all their games feel like they've been in, in the division. This is week seven. Yeah, they've week already played seven. four division opponents. This will be week five. This is, I mean, this is unbelievable. The, this is such a crucial game, and more so for Indianapolis than it is for the uh, Titans because of that initial loss at home. Yeah. I just don't think they're going to be able to beat them. You know, you mentioned it. Some teams have your number, yeah. and I think this is a perfect example of it where Tennessee has their number. They win this game. They go to four and two. Um, Tennessee had a bye yesterday, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. They're coming off of a bye. Rabel's always got his team prepared in situations like this. You got to fire on the Tennessee Titans. I believe this line gets to three by kickoff. I think it's one of the, one of the best bets of the weekend. Yeah, I'll make this one easy for you. Fire on the uh, Titans now because it's mainly three everywhere now. So two and a half we got here at the South Point. It's one of the few two and a halves uh, mm-hmm. left around in the country. But I don't understand why the look ahead line was at one and a half or two middle of the week this past week coming into this matchup, what was Indianapolis going to do that made you think, hey, I want to back the Colts on the road against a team that that first game, if you watched, well, it wasn't even as close as the final score. Because I think the I think the books had the Jags rated higher go, going into this past weekend, and they kind of fell on their face this week. I, I think you guys are spot on, though. <laughs> Again, if you want to... If you want to back the Titans, you better fire on that two and a half now, as Kelly said, because there's mostly threes out there. You, you know, I want to go to the point Kelly just made, which is a really good one. And, and I have to tell you, until I moved out here, this is something that you would kind of get intimidated by or didn't know or, or didn't have the awareness on. Well, the books rate this, and you sit there and think, well, they've got this for me. No, you know something? At some point in time, some people are wrong. Uh-huh. Perfect example. Alabama. Oh, boy. Like, I was wrong on Alabama so far this year. Not that they – look, they could easily be undefeated. I'm talking about the fact they had one loss. They've played games. They're two yards from losing against A&M. Te- Tennessee beats them. Texas. Ryan Watts goes in lower on Bryce Young. They Sack, lose. game's over right there. Mm-hmm. And if you, or yours doesn't get hurt, they win that football game. So sometimes you've got to be able to adjust. And to Kelly's point about the power rings, I don't think they adjust enough. I don't think they want to look in the mirror and say we're wrong no. enough. And you know what? Sometimes you've got to make a bet, and if it loses, it loses. Just like taking Rocky Top plus nine at home. If you lose, you lose. And you take Tennessee here, and if you lose, you lose. But sometimes you got to just go at it on a certain number. I agree with you guys. I've fired on that two and a half. You still get them. They're probably going to be gone by midweek if they aren't, aren't already going off the board. Okay, Buccaneers. Oh, my. What happened in Pittsburgh? By the way, first game that the Steelers have won 
when J.J. Watt did not play. That is astounding. First win. Well, I'm going to correct you. It's T.J. Watt. T.J. Watt. The reason, Whatever, the, one the, of those re- the reason why I know it's not J.J. Watt, <laughs> because he would have tweeted about it. <laughs> Are you saying J.J. Watt is uh, maybe more into that? Okay, yeah. No, no, TJ Watt. What? No, I, I want to have that conversation. Go ahead. Well, yeah. J.J. Yeah, Watt is, is great. Just ask him. I mean, he's going to be the first guy to let you know. T.J. Watt, they win their first game without T.J. Now the Buccaneers are going to go on the road again, as they did to Pittsburgh, and they're going to lay double digits again. Now Steve Wilkes, 0-1, Robbie Anderson, he gone. I mean, literally, not only did he send Robbie Anderson to the locker room yesterday mid-game for the Panthers, they have now traded him to Arizona. When you texted Kelly and I this morning, I went, what, already? That didn't take long. So he gone. He's off the roster. Yeah, sixth and seventh round draft pick coming back for him. There was what he was. I didn't catch it in game yesterday, but I guess he got sent to the bench, was not happy about being on the Amazing. bench. Made it very apparent to the coaching staff he was not happy. Uh, and yeah, uh, Wilkes sent him back to the locker room. This coming on the heels of Hollywood Brown, potentially season-ending foot injury for the Cardinals. The Cardinals br- bring in another downfield threat. And, the, the, and by the way, the Cardinals get back Hopkins this week. This is week seven, so he'll be, he'll be off that suspension, by the way. You see a huge difference in Kyler Murray's statistics, but this is why, and by the way, thank you for your service, David Ross, former United States Marine Corps member. Um, This is why I wish we had a team in Fallujah. This is where you trade guys you don't like. I'm sorry, Charlotte's a great city, but getting traded to Phoenix is not a punishment. Okay, it is not, especially no. from this team. Wilkes made the move there because remember he used to be the defensive coordinator yep. there. Familiarity, it's easier to get Steve Kimes to accept him. He said, "All right, we'll give you a sixth and a seventh round pick. Get him out of there." But I, you know, it's going to be interesting though. Robbie Anderson now with AJ Green and um, and uh, DeAndre Nuke, yeah. Hopkins. This could get interesting here for this team who's really yes. struggled. Agreed, and I, I don't. Again, 10 feels like too big a number here on a Monday for the Buccaneers. I agree. They look like a mess, 3-3 three and three right now, but yet still one of the smaller betting favorites come out of the NFC. But how do you fire on the Panthers? Because they couldn't even cover the number yesterday against the Rams, and they got a pick six off, off uh, Stafford. Yeah, Kelly, can you go back to that graphic real quick on the game? I want to see what that total is because okay. this is one I would look towards the under. I don't think there's anything wrong with the Tampa defense. I think it's the offense that's had issues. It's broke. And, you know, you had asked me maybe a week or two ago, does Brady's off-field, the, the divorce, affect yep. him? Listen, if you look at it, you know, people have in their insurance plans life-changing events. Divorce is listed as one of them. We kidded, but it's that's why we brought it up on the show from yeah. a handicap perspective. Happy wife, happy life. It doesn't look so happy right now. 40 and a half is the number. Again, bucks 10 on the row ad. Absolutely. I, I tell you, this number to me is a little bit high, and the reason I believe that is this Carolina offense can't score if they were playing the Naval Academy's defense. Is Baker back? Does that make a difference? P.J., well, P.J., uh, uh, Walker looked terrible. P.J. Walker's always been terrible. I mean, awful. It's, listen, go back to his days at Temple, he couldn't play. Yeah, I, I think if you want the best of the number if you're a Panther backer, you might fire today, but I would not be one of those guys. It feels like a stay away from me. I'd fire under, I would hold in terms of Bucks and Panthers. More holder fire in hour number two, but when we come back, Ben Fox is here with some of the most interesting numbers and bets he saw over the weekend. Uh, shocker, not good for the public. Come on back. It's Big Bet Zombies and the Sports Betting Network. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. 
Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All oh, my friends love it. I love that it's KidSafe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Fall sports are in full swing, and Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is your home for all the latest lines, odds, and boosts. Whether you're a football, hockey, basketball, or baseball fan, Bet Rivers has you covered. Join us every week for new promotions like our Tuesday hockey first goal insurance bet, Friday night college football bet, plus get Sunday football parlay insurance and more. Head to BetRivers.com, download the Bet Rivers app today. It is a whole new ball game. Back alongside them all, Shaw Dave Ross here. By the way, did you? Saturday, was it the best sports betting day, viewing day? Because you had boxing, you had UFC, you had Major League Baseball playoffs, you had college football. Absent in that conversation is the NFL, but yet it felt like, for me, I never left the couch. It was fantastic. Lucky you. I was sitting in New York City traffic while the Bama-Tennessee game's going on, 
And I'm just, I, I mean, it was insane. Just get back and forth, scoring back and forth. I see the updates coming on the phone. I'm like, oh, that's great. Because CBS Sports, the app is a little bit behind, so yeah. I don't want to follow that because I'm getting other people. Like, oh, did you see this play? I'm like, no, I didn't, but thank you. Ben uh, Fox saw it all. Of course, he is our <laughs> VP of digital content here at Visa. And ben, great to have you on. I mean, look, it was just an amazing day for a better Hopefully, if you're you know, in Las Vegas, you really got to experience it because there were so many different things to wager on. But what you saw come in yesterday primarily in the NFL was not a good day for the public. Oh, my goodness, some straight-up dogs winning outright, Ben. What were some of the bigger bets that you saw go, sadly, down in flames? Yeah, I mean, uh, first of all, I got to say, great. I love the holding fire uh, graphics. Isn't it great? Too. That's, man. You get acquired by DraftKings. Been, this is serious we're, graphics we're, we're we got biased, here. But it's the best one on the network. It's it's it pretty good. I, I would up. agree with that one because I haven't seen any others. <laughs> it was it was very nice. Um, yeah, I think we talk about this a lot, right? Anytime there are those specific, because it was six and six uh, favorites and underdogs mm-hmm. straight up and against the spread. But those underdogs winning the game outright, right? And especially a game like the Packers. Oh. Who didn't have the Packers in a teaser or money line parlay? Who didn't have the Bucks in a teaser or money line parlay? It, uh, if you're taking the Ravens or the 49ers, that's a little more on you with those spreads, five, six points. You sure. probably shouldn't be teasing those. But just a, a wild day. I think certainly one that stood out, and this is an interesting one on many accounts that we can go into a little bit. Uh, one better at Caesars, they had $1.05 million. This was on three bets. 390000 on the Jaguars plus three. Oh. So that was, I think, minus 130 because I think that was at two and a half. Well, they've got a I think they bought, yeah. they bought that. $330,000 on the Browns. That was minus two and a half. And 330000 on the Bucks minus eight. Now, I'd heard about this Bucks bet earlier in the week as well. What's interesting about this is that normally, right, I come on, I say, this is a house player. This is what they give. Bad day. You know, he's losing a lot of the roulette, whatever. This is someone that they actually do respect. Mm. This is somebody that they are moving lines on their action. I will leave it to you as to who. Sure. There are not a lot of people who that could be, but right. I, will, I will let your imagination flow for particular names that could be. This person also did go 2-0 and on Saturday, so don't cry, right, right. cry a river for them. But not a good Sunday, certainly, uh, one that they were telling me about, but... Just very interesting that that's somebody that they do respect and move off someone that will be there next week and back for action, back for action and someone that they are moving lines off of that action as opposed to right. Most of these we talk about and it's a bet and I'm always going to get fired up because it's a, you know, bad line or bad (laughs) odds or something. The definition of respect varies by people. 100%. 100%. You know, you want to, to me, the odds, the bookmakers are going to take you laying eight on the road every day of the week. Mm Mm-hmm. But I, I will say that from, from multiple sources and speaking to people as well around the industry, this is someone that is, is respected. Again, we don't know the exact identity, but have a couple, a couple of guesses. And I'll be perfectly blunt. I was on the other side of, of two of those wagers, had the Patriots money line like that play. I was on the Bucks in some teasers, and they did go up in flames again. And I think that is it's, it should be a lesson to be learned for the public out there that sometimes when you have too many teaser plays – maybe more than two, this is the problem with betting down some of those bigger favorites because, you know, especially with the Bucks, they got out of that teaser range with the 10, 
right? That they, they you know, win by more than a field goal. And then not only do they not do that, they, they lose by two outright. Yeah, but there's two problems on the teasers that I see, because I have a couple of my friends that do this all the time. Mm-hmm. The line comes out. Let's say, for example, what, are the, what was this opener on this line? Ten? Uh, or eight? Eight. Okay. And it got moved up to about ten. Yeah. Okay. So immediately the first thing they think in their mind is they're going to tease down. Right. Uh, first of all, I say this all the time in the NFL. Take the points. You're always worried about a half a point. You're worried about this, that, and the other. So why are you not teasing up more than I- you're teasing down? The second question I would ask is, why are you teasing every damn game? Mm -hmm. Just look at a game. If you don't like it, move on to the next game. There's enough games where you can find one or two games. I don't understand this notion that you've got to bet out of the 16 games between Thursday and Monday night, you've got to bet 12 of them. I mean, people always, you know, Mike Palm would always make fun of me because I don't bet a ton of games. Well, you know what? Go ask Vinny Maiulo and Jimmy and these guys and Chris if they want a guy who's coming in and bet every game on the board or you want a guy who's betting one or two. Right. They want everybody betting the board. Absolutely. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, one of the interesting plays yesterday, and again, to Ben's point here, uh, Ravens money line, Packers money line, Niners money line, Bucks money line, all went up in flames as favorites yesterday. So just, you know, word to the wise out there, take note of the information that Ben's got for you. The other one that was surprising to me, and I ended up playing the Rams minus nine, because I saw the money coming in on Carolina, and I thought, what am I missing here? And look, first half, they had the lead at halftime, so I felt like, oh, maybe I'm the wrong side here. And then the Rams totally take control in the second half and cover that number, uh, winning by 14. That was a big, big uh, moneymaker for the house yesterday, wasn't it? Yeah, I was very surprised as well, right? This was one of the top most bet games. BetMGM gives out the three most bet sides. This was one of the top ones, was Panthers plus 10. Not one you'd typically think is jumping out on the no. board, right, when it comes out. I think it was just a case that the Rams hadn't hadn't played well, public betting what it's seen last. How can P.J. Walker be worse than Baker Mayfield? Oh well, I think you, you saw your answer. 60 yards passing. Yeah, yeah. Not, not in a quarter or a half, in a game. Yeah, but you're acting like Baker's put up better numbers. Go look at the ran- <laughs> look at the game against the Saints. He throws that one quick play to LaVisca Chenault. Other than that, Baker's got similar numbers with probably a lower completion percentage. Right. Yeah, they, they just didn't look like they wanted to take the training wheels off. He was going to have short passes. And I think it's something like we talk about a lot with live betting a game. I did not. I did not trust my gut. But once they had that pick six, I think they're up. T- the Panthers were up 10-7. At the half. The Rams are the better team. I know they've struggled, but they just didn't seem like they were going to lose that game or potentially not cover that game. You see a whole half, you get some information, bet based off that, rather than pregame, and you get a better line. Ben makes a great point. You know, a perfect example was on Saturday, the Michigan-Penn State game. Mm -hmm. Penn State somehow takes a lead. Did you? Totally. First half. Right. I mean, and then all of a sudden, in live, you could have gotten Michigan minus three. I mean... They, they had one shot Clifford run and a fluke pick six, which I wasn't even sure the ball had hit the ground. I couldn't even tell based on the angles of the way the ball bounced. And all of a sudden, next thing you know, they got a lead, and Michigan comes out and smokes them in the second half. Uh, easiest second half wager, by the way. If you Again, to y'all's point, Ben, your point about the Rams game. If you see how the first half plays out, even though maybe <laughs> the wrong team is leading, a la Amal's point with Penn State and Michigan, man, good opportunities to hop back in there. So, again, those Panther backers did not – Cash those tickets yesterday. Okay, I fell victim to it. Guilty as charged. I split on the biggest game in the AFC yesterday. I had the Bills laying the two and a half, but I did play the over because I, I just thought, boy, the, how are you going to stop these offenses? And it was readily apparent in the first quarter when the Bills went right down first five minutes of the game and then tried option and fumble it. And I go, well, I'm dead. <laughs> and I think most of the public, Ben, fell a victim to that. Didn't really sniff the 54. 
No, it didn't. And I think one thing we should point out, too, because you guys are talking about the previous segment, right? The public is not always wrong. The public was all over Tennessee, all over Tennessee, mm-hmm. plus eight, <laughs> plus eight and a half, plus nine, $110,000 bet on Tennessee plus eight. They were all over that. But that's not this case in this game. I think the NFL should make a new rule that all Bills Chiefs games just have, are like six quarters, at right, least right. maybe multiple overtime. They're, they're fantastic. They're playing on a different level than other teams. But 85% of the bets, 89% of the handle at DraftKings on the over 54 here. And just, yeah, again, kind of a public trap, but not something you would, you know, I saw a lot of analysts out there like the over. It makes sense. These are teams that are going to go for it on mm-hmm. fourth down. You know you can't kick field goals against the other one. There's probably going to be a little higher variance, and they're probably going to end up scoring more touchdowns. The issue is when you go for it and don't get it, then you get zero points. And, yeah, it was, it was close. You know, one bounce here, another conversion here, but a really good game, just not one that ends up going over the total. And I think what it, what it points out is sometimes in these higher totals, like a 54, everything's got to go right for that to hit, mm-hmm. to your point. It doesn't take a whole lot to get the under to hit. I, I would agree with you there, but again, Ben pointed this out with the lateral situation and then oh. the INT that Mahomes had in the end zone. You're looking at potentially 10 points right there. If Kansas City, it was such a rare turnover from Mahomes in a last-minute yeah. drive. Um, this game could have been far higher scoring, but it just seemed like from the offensive output initially, it was going to be a bit of a slug. Yeah, I, I, and again, with you guys, and it felt like that one went up in flames relatively quickly. Uh, sometimes the public is right, like Tennessee, and sometimes they are wrong, like the over in the Bills. Uh, ben, great stuff as always. We're going to have our pro tip when we come back to begin hour number two. Ben Fox, great job as always. Appreciate you, my friend. Thanks, guys. All right, back Thank with you. hour number two of Big Bets here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones 
who get it done.